It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Welcome back to Beyond the Building podcast. This is our third podcast, and we are using the summer, June, July, and August, to do a series on transition because Honestly, everyone's going through transition (laughs) at different seasons of their lives, but particularly right now, as we are getting ready to transition into the new normal, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, But this first month, we are using it as an opportunity to help you get to know us a little bit better. So I am really excited, Laura, to hear your story of transition. Uh, Laura has two transitions that one that she went through one that she is presently going through even as we are recording this podcast yep Uh, she has titled her podcast from mom to mama and this is an exciting testimony about the journey that god has had her walk through when she waited for a promise to be to be fulfilled by her heavenly father if you or you know somebody who has really struggled with the area of infertility, Mm -hmm. or somebody who has just been hanging on for a long time, waiting for the promises of God to come to fruition in their lives, this is a podcast you want to share with them. She also is going through a transition even right now as she is preparing to be a mama. And (laughs) probably by the time everyone is listening to this, Right, your social media will be covered with some cool oh, pictures yes. of this baby. Oh yeah! But we are excited, Laura, to hear um, the journey that God has had you on. I've seen seen you through a lot of it, and truly, it's miraculous what God has done in your life, through your life, because of what He has allowed you to experience. So, Amen. I'm excited to hear. Amen. Well, I'm excited to share, and I'm so grateful for this opportunity to just speak from the heart you know, about some of the things that the Lord has allowed me to walk through. I was looking back over the past few years, Debbie, recently, and just thinking about the fact where I was in life at that time, I didn't share with many people some of the things that were going on in my life or in my heart. And there's almost this freedom now where I am in life to be able to speak uh, where I am, where I've been and where I believe God is taking me to. And like you said, part of that is a miracle that's happening in these moments that I'm living right now, Uh, which going back to our favorite verse, right? Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 is truly more than I could ever ask or imagine. I do want to say each of our lives is a testimony. And then I believe that each of us, all of our lives are built on multiple testimonies. And so while there are a few testimonies that are going to weave in here and out, I want to let you know some of these are still in the making, and and I believe that God has has more podcasts or more opportunities to speak even deeper to some of these things, because you can only say so much about what God's doing in your life in, what, 35 minutes right. when there's so much to share. But I do have a lot to share, and, and I'm trying to organize my thoughts, and I've asked the Lord for what it is for today. And I did, you know, title like you shared, today's message or today's podcast, really, uh, from mom to mom. Boy, I don't know if if 
those of you out there are listening are like me, but I'm always about like, what's the next thing? Like, what's the next thing? When I was in college, man, I could not wait till the next. I could not wait to get married. And and some people like you, you got married right out of college. I didn't get married right out of college. So I went through those years where I was looking for the next thing. Like I wanted to be a wife. I was ready to get married. And then I got married and it was, well, now I'm a wife. Next comes mom, right? So I just started the plan, really, as soon as I got married, I started the plan, when will it be? When will we have our family in a couple of years? And how will that look? And as Dan and I started to narrow that down, and we started to talk about becoming a family of three instead of a family of two, um, my heart was just all over that word mom. Man, I just wanted to be called a mom in the, in the worst way because it was what was next. So if you struggle with infertility or you know somebody who does it is hard, it is emotionally painful to walk the road of infertility. And becoming a mom is not always as easy as it is for somebody else. And I remember even longing for that word mom to be my name for so many years, the number of tears that I cried, the number of journals that I wrote in and put on the shelf and wrote in another one and put on the shelf and wrote in another one and put it on the shelf. It was a very long, difficult journey, Deb, as I really walked this road of infertility. And um, one of the things that struck me as I was thinking about this podcast and thinking about how difficult that road was is I wanted to transition to becoming a mom. And sometimes I think when we talk about transition, uh, like we may be talking, like you just said, we're all going to be transitioning into the next phase of life, whatever that looks like. There are transitions that come upon us, right? We we lose a job or we graduate from college and so we're going to get a job. There are transitions that come upon us and sometimes we don't really want those transitions to happen and we're trying to live through them. But there are other transitions in our lives that we long for, You know, I longed for transition and I wasn't able to transition into that place. And I think that's equally as difficult as being forced into a transition that you weren't prepared for. It's just as difficult that desire that we have to transition into what is next and feel like we are stuck. And so that's really where I felt. I felt like I was in a place where I could not get to the next thing. You know, I could not get to the word mom. But people around you were. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's part of the, the, the struggle with infertility too, right? And with all different kinds of transitions, when we see other people getting out of their stuck place or when we see other people transitioning into the thing that our heart's crying out to transition into, mm-hmm. that is a painful place as well. It's kind of a, a bittersweet thing because we are rejoicing for the other one. And yet the, the desire in our heart is just going like, why not me? Why isn't it my turn? You know? So I just remember really going through that time of, of being stuck. And I do really feel that this is not just about infertility. It is about any dream or desire that God has put on our hearts. All of these same principles apply that when we long to transition into something else and we are stuck where we are, mm-hmm something happens deep within us and it's, it's a wound. It's a wound, right? That only God can heal as we go through the process. The longer you wait, the harder it is. It like really you is. said that what a visual one more journal on the shelf. 
Exactly. How many years was represented there? How many years was your journey? Uh, Emily came after four years. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I I got the name Mom right four years later, just about four years later, and so it was a it was a lot of Mother's Days, mm-hmm. Father's Days. Uh, you know, during that time, basically everyone that I knew who was in my circle had a baby and then had another one. <laughs> so this was a long process, right? Other people were transitioning multiple times and I was still stuck where I was. Right. And so, you know, that was really hard for me. I remember even um, longing for that name, mom. And when Dan and I first decided it was time to, you know, become a family of three on our plan, um, I remember Dan started calling me mama right away. Uh-huh. And I thought that was cute, right? For the sure. first month. Second month, third month, you know, we got into like a year of still being called mama and not becoming a mom. And it was probably in year three where it was, I'm pretty sure it was actually on Mother's Day where he called me mama. And I remember we were in a hotel room someplace and I just turned around and and said, stop calling me that. I'm not a mom. And I just, I lost it. I just remember breaking down and, and crying. And of course, poor Dan. You yeah. know, he didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> I guess he just held me. I didn't understand, but that longing, that just that word that I longed so desperately for, um, hearing it too often to also reopen that wound. I think on a you just said basis. something, Laura. He didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I did not walk through infertility, and I don't understand exactly what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And so there's it's both sides of the coin. And so can you share a little bit more in detail what made infertility so hard? Because there will be some folks listening that just don't understand. It's not that you don't care, but unless you walk a road, you just don't know. That's right. That's right. I think the the difficult part with infertility is just like so many other challenges we go through, right? It's like you drop a pebble in the water and the ripples just come out from that space. It's a painful place in your heart because it's a longing and a desire that's not fulfilled. And and when God puts a desire in your heart that's strong, you know, mm-hmm. and you want to be in that place that that gives life, that builds your family in a different way and it's not happening, there's a deep pain that comes along with that. But then when we have a hurting heart, right, and we're walking with a hurting heart next to our husband or wife, you know, if it's the husband who is really dealing with some of these struggles and wanting a family, um, there's, there is a different way we come at this as a man and as a woman. And so it it caused a tremendous uh, stress in my marriage, Mm. our marriage. And there were many, many months, you know, uh, where I would try to adjust or change plans according to desiring to be a mom, right? And, And Dan wanted plans to roll a certain way. I wouldn't make plans to go on vacation because I wouldn't want to be in an airplane in case in nine months I was pregnant. And after two or three years of this happening and and me trying to adjust schedules, that really started to put a wedge uh, between my husband and myself. And it took, I will tell you, it took a long time to heal that wedge as well, even after we had the promise in our hands. It took a long time. There's the social challenge because when you're part of a small group or a group of friends, whatever that may look like, when everyone else has transitioned to the baby stage and you are stuck in the place where you don't want to be anymore, the the circle changes, the conversation changes. People talk about their pregnancies. People talk about their children and what they're doing, and you don't have anything to talk about. 
because you don't want to share what's going on in your heart because, I don't know, I also never wanted the pity of other people. And so I think there's just all of these different struggles. It affects every different part of our lives. People say things out of the goodness of their heart, right, telling you ways that you you know, if you touch the newest baby in the church, you're going to have a baby next. And right. while you certainly know those things are not true, it's just that anybody would even come up and share those things with you. So all of those things are like deep hurts, and it impacts every single relationship that we have um, in life. It is really a painful place to be. But I think that what got me through the whole time, Deb, was that God had made me a promise you know, many, right, right when we really got married, that I would have a child, that there would be a child in our family, you know? And so every day, like every other promise that I, I believe God has spoken to my heart, I tried to wake up and say, this is what God said. This is what God said. God made me a promise and he always keeps his promises. As you look in the word of God, really, women who struggled with infertility, and we know that there are many, right? How many women can we think of in the Bible who did not build or create a family in the way that they had hoped to? You know, right. Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Elizabeth. Good gravy, Mary. <laughs> Mary, exactly. Mary. <laughs> exactly. In fact, I was trying to think the other day, what woman didn't struggle in building a family? And the only one I come up with, Leah, I'm sure there's others. But women who in the Bible were put in a place where they were struggling to have that desire of their heart fulfilled, their stories went in miraculous directions. Absolutely. Right? They they saw God's hand move in a way that they had not expected in order to bring about the promise that they were believing for. So I started telling, telling myself, and I would say to any woman out there who may be listening now who is struggling with infertility, when you are, find yourself in a struggle, you are being positioned for a miracle. You really are. It's easy to say it. It's hard to hear it when you're walking it. But the truth is that God in his grace put story after story after story in the word so that I would not feel alone in my struggle. You know, so other women would not feel alone in their struggle because these other women have walked before and had a miraculous outcome. Each one of them different. Every one of those stories was different, and my story is very different than other people's stories. But every single one of them did receive the name mom, right, just like I did, in God's time, in his way. So I was thinking back to the fact uh, just this morning, actually, that, that Eunice, when she shared her story, used that word pivot, right? And I was thinking to myself, what was the pivotal moment where I went from a place of really despair, a longing unfulfilled. When I had my foot gr rooted, grounded, like she said, and I turned to the other direction and started moving in a place that spoke hope and put me on a new path. And I think that place came when I took my expectations off of my story for what was going to happen right now. And I put my eyes on the promise that God had given me for the future. See if this makes sense. For so long, I just kept saying, I want to be pregnant. I want to be pregnant. I, I got to get pregnant, right? I want to be a mom, so I have to get pregnant. And so 
I worked and went to doctors and read books and did everything that I physically could in my own ability in order to get pregnant. I wasn't reading books in order to become a mom. Hmm. So there's, there's a big difference there. I started to realize uh, one day, I think the Lord just was, was kind of speaking to my heart was like, do you want to be pregnant or do you want to be a mom? Like, what is, what is your end goal here? Well, I knew my end goal was to be a mom. And when I was able to differentiate the two, was I going to be so driven for a temporary nine-month situation that seemed to be the way to get to the end goal that I wanted? Or was I going to surrender that temporary nine-month time in order to pursue other means or other avenues that would get me to the goal that God had promised, right? God never spoke to my heart, you're going to be pregnant. God spoke to my heart, you're going to have a child, like you're going to be a mom. And when I took my uh, hands off of the temporary in order to focus on the word, I think everything just came alive for me and my whole perspective shifted, Debbie. It just everything that I was holding on to. I think that is also uh, something that we can take into every situation in our lives, right? Not just infertility. When God has made us a promise, when God has spoken that something is to happen, we can get our hands so wrapped up in how the road has to look or what we can do in order to manipulate situations or make it happen this way or make it happen that way, that sometimes our eyes can go off of the goal because our eyes are so focused on manipulating situations in order to get to where we want to be. You know, the prayer of our hearts, I, I, I was praying, you know, I wanted to be pregnant. Pregnancy would have been great if that's what God had planned for me. But my prayer was I want to be a mom. You know, so it's almost like in all of these situations in our lives, what are we praying? The desire of our heart or how we feel the road needs to go in order to get to the desire of our heart. It's eye opening. It's really a game changer when we can fix our prayers to say, God, you've promised this. I'll submit to the path that's going to take me to that place. I think there's something really freeing when we step back and remember that God's perspective is so much Mm -hmm. more encompassing than ours. Yes. You know, we we're we're fixers. We like to look at, assess what we have in front of us. And we have come up with a game plan of how we are going to do this. And it's kind of ironic how much work you were putting into getting pregnant. Ultimately, God is the one who creates the child. (laughs) And so it's funny that we're trying to force the issue. Yes. You know, when really God did not need our help. Yes, to do that. But when we step back and we trust that if he's given you a promise, he sees all the pieces involved. That's right. He sees all of the timing that's necessary. And we can step back. That's right. And rest in his timing. That's right. That's freeing. That takes a lot of pressure off of us. That's right. And you know what freeing does? Freeing starts to heal your marriage. Yes. Freeing starts to put a different perspective on your social groups. Mm Mm-hmm. Freeing starts to make you realize, I'll never forget, it was um, it was Mother's Day after we had already, uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but 
after we had already decided to adopt, it was Mother's Day. And on Mother's Day, which before that, man, I did not want to go to church because I was the one who didn't get the flower, you know, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I didn't want to go to church. This Mother's Day, I sat in the pew next to Dan after we had decided to adopt and it was already in a roll. And it was like we had this little secret, you know, and it was the Mother's Day where I actually had hope come to life. Mm. Because like you just said, I wasn't, I wasn't holding the promise in my hands anymore, but I had let go of working in order to get to where God had told me I was going to go. So it it started healing our marriage instead of, instead of strife between us. um, We found joy in it. We actually uh, gave the baby a, a nickname before we even knew that she was born. And it was kind of our code name that nobody else knew what it meant. And so if we wanted to say something about her, we would use that name. So it was just really uh, a sweet time when I look back now, after I let go, because yeah. it, it did not feel sweet before I let go. But once we had made the decision um, to really just let go and seek God about what he had next, uh, the doors just started to open up. You know, and I think my adoption journey probably will be another podcast because in oh, we would it, love to hear it. Yeah, is it? It's its own miraculous story of how God ordered steps and opened doors and cleared seats on airplanes and put us in vans that we needed to be in vans so that we made it to an airplane in time that we would have missed otherwise. It's it's this step by step provision of God as He determined the path that we walked. So that's a beautiful story just with adoption, but. You know, it was uh, in 1998 where we decided uh, we were going to pursue God's method for us to become parents. And so, boy, the, the, uh, the excitement in my heart over the word mom started to become alive again. Because for so long, that word mom was such a thorn. Mm-hmm. But when we decided uh, early in, in 1998 that adoption was going to be our journey— I just remember starting to want to buy things that said mom again, like hope sprung back alive to mm-hmm. life, you know, again, because I took my hands off and I let God's hands lead the way. And I will never forget uh, December 15th, 1998, you know, one of the, the greatest days of, of my life when I was standing in Volgograd, Russia, and they presented me with this nine month old, absolutely beyond what I could ever have asked or imagined gorgeous, dark-haired baby with big brown eyes. And it was at that moment I stood before a judge in, in this courtroom and just cried. And he told me I was her mom, right? That was the moment that I became a mom. You know, I got my name mom in this absolutely crazy way that I never would have thought it was five years before that. But every time I hear the word mom or Emily gives me a card that says the word mom on it, and even in those um, teenage years where maybe she said my name in great frustration, you know, or mom, you know, every time I hear the word mom, it touches my heart. It touches my soul. It was a a longing that was unfulfilled for such a long time. And yet God restored and God gave in God's ways, in God's plan, the way he had purposed it to be from the beginning. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's just a a beautiful, beautiful story. Even even right down to the uh, story of her coming, 
We signed up with the adoption agency in March, the very same week that she was being born without even knowing it. And it was a nine-month journey until we held her in our arms that God would grace us with a nine-month time span. To prepare. To prepare. It was, it's just so, the whole story is just, just so, so amazing. I think that is definitely another podcast because there are those (laughs) who are waiting to be matched with their child and they're, maybe they're, maybe they've never contemplated adoption. Yeah. You know, and to really hear your story would be really, would be really awesome. Again, for people like me, like, like Dan just did not understand. Yes, yes, yes. It's really miraculous. So, Parenting, what I learned, uh, is a series of transitions, right? I transitioned from not a mom to a mom. Then I transitioned from, and and all moms out there transitioned from mom of an infant to mom of a toddler, right? And then we transitioned to mom of a toddler to mom of an elementary school to middle school to high school. Each one is a huge transition. Absolutely. And in each transition, as our child is changing, right, we are changing too mm-hmm. because we adjust, we transform, we do all of these different things to speak correctly and, and everything that is encompassed in being a mom. We transition as they transition. So really parenting is a series of transitions as the child is transitioning as well. We know historically in all of our lives that transition leads to challenge, right? Transitions tend to have some bumps in the road. They don't always go smoothly and there are lots of opportunity for stress or trouble. And our journey is one that is not without challenges, right? Our transitions have not all been easy in our life. Um, I can look today and say that I'm grateful for every single one of those transitions, regardless of the hard, regardless of the easy, they've shaped us into who we are today in this part of our story. You know, you and I are readers and we are mm-hmm. we like to be educated on things. And so think of how many books are out there, right, for child rearing. And you feel like, well, this there's a manual and this will help everything go smoothly. And yes. there is no child yes, that fits right. every manual. That's right. But really what God is doing is you're writing your manual for your story. Yes. Right? Your story is unique to you. And there yes. will be aspects of your story, my story that people will connect with. Yes. But at the end of the day, it's your story and he's the author. That's right. He's just letting you put it on your journals. That's right. On paper. So you've had quite a journey up to this point. Yes. Um, with becoming a mom, you are just now, even as we are recording this in May, right? At the end yes. of May, we're recording yes. this. We're kind of feeling rushed to get yes. these recordings done. And why is that? Yes. Because even as we speak, we are preparing to become grandparents, and God is doing another transition in my life, right? I'm going now from mom to mom, and it's hard for me not to have tears in my eyes as I say this, because with the challenges in life, God provides a way to the most miraculous stories that we feel privileged to live out. And so as I am transitioning to mom in this time, you know, just, just a quick backstory here. In January of 2019, just like you, Debbie, I the Lord gave me the word transition for 2019, just like he did for you. And I will never forget the day when you said to me, God gave me the word transition. And I was like, oh my, 
Oh, here we go. <laughs> I got the same word. What's going on? So I thought that transition was going to look one way, right? I thought something was going to happen in my life. But by September, I found my whole world basically turned upside down, right? I found myself leaving a, a position at a church that I deeply loved and, and was so, so grateful for. I found myself moving out of state um, literally in one week, right? I just got in the car with my cats and my husband and, and we moved to Tennessee, and so I found myself in a new place, a new church, uh, a new group of friends, a completely uh, turned all the way around life. Was not expecting it for one minute, but I found myself in a very new place. That was in September. So I had made a lot of transition, right? So now I'm looking at, okay, I'm in Tennessee. This must be the transition that, that the Lord was talking about in, in January, Emily stayed, our, our, our daughter Emily stayed in Delaware when we moved to Tennessee. And it was in October, just one month later, when we found out that Emily was pregnant. And at that moment, I realized that I was no longer going to be just a mom. I was going to be a mom, mom. And the excitement and the gratitude that I feel for the Lord as he has positioned me here in this place for this time to walk by my daughter as she gets a new name, right? As she's transitioning to mom, I also get a new name. I am overwhelmed with the goodness of God. If we even look at the story, I have the privilege of walking through this pregnancy with her, something that I did not experience in my story. That's right. This is all new to you. It's all new. So we are enjoying this together, right? It's a transition that we get to go through together. I am enjoying going through her pregnancy with her. I, you know, I feel bad for the the morning sickness and all that, but I am enjoying that I get to be with her and stand with her in this. Emily came to us at nine months old, and I wouldn't trade that for the world because that day that I held her for the first time was the first day that I was supposed to hold her. It was ordained by God. But I also have never had the opportunity to care for a newborn baby. And now God has put me in a place where I am going to have countless opportunities because my daughter transitioned here as well to, to care for a newborn baby like my grandbaby. Mm-hmm. It's, it's overwhelming. It's just overwhelming. The story that God allowed me to walk through that was so hard and so difficult, Deb, has turned out to be so beautiful and so miraculous and such a picture of grace and mercy and Jesus that I would not have experienced any other way. It's, it blows my mind. This is your opportunity. You, I I was surprised how quickly you came up with the name Mama because there's all <laughs> kinds of all different exactly. cute varieties of ways exactly. that women exactly. like to be called. And yeah, yeah. You know, how do you do you roll yeah. the dice and figure out yeah. how you're going to call me? But yeah. you have you always have a story about names because yeah. that oh, is oh. who you are. So yes. how did you come up with so quickly? That you're a mom. Yeah, I knew as soon as I heard there was a baby, I knew there was a mom. And uh, and it's just it's just a great story because immediately, whenever I thought about possibly becoming a grandmother someday, both of my mom, both of my grandmothers were mom. So um, both of them were mom. My both grandmothers 
passed away the same week, the wow. summer before I was in fourth grade. Wow. So the summer between third and fourth grade, uh, one of my grandmothers had cancer, the other had lupus. And within a span of seven days, they were both gone. Hmm. So that was a very painful place for both parents, uh, you know, trying to support each other and grieving. And my sister and I having lost both of our treasured mm-hmm. mom-moms in the same week. Um, they were both women who, um, you know, loved us deeply. They were both women who prayed for us on a, on a regular basis. And they were both women that taught us about Jesus. And I remember one of my grandmothers uh, would take me to Sunday night church. We always went to, my family always went to church on Sunday mornings. And sometimes we went to church on Sunday nights too. But I remember a specific Sunday night where my one mom was walking me into the church building, holding my hand, kind of dragging me behind her, and we were going to go to church on Sunday night. So when I think of of people who have impacted my life that I haven't had in my life for a long time, but who I believe that the prayers that they prayed for me when I was in third grade and second grade and first grade and, and before, that those prayers are being answered now, right? And I'm living out, um, I'm living out the story now that they believed for back then. Um, man, that is, that's a special word to me. And so right away, I knew I wanted to be the one, right, who prays for my granddaughter, who takes her by the hand and walks her into the church, who sings songs over her about how much and how deeply Jesus loves her. And I believe that the prayers that I'm praying for her even before she's born now, and the prayers that I will certainly continue to pray as a mom are going to be the prayers that she is going to live out, right? The answers to the prayers that she's going to live out as she walks her journey uh, here soon, very soon. So really that was... um, that was the the first reason for the word mom mom. And I, I went with that. In fact, for Mother's Day, Emily gave me the necklace I'm wearing right now. It says mom mom. So that's that's my new thing, you know. But there's also a um, a second component that I just realized last week as I was thinking about this podcast. You know, Debbie, back to that verse in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, right? We we talk about it all the time because God does do beyond, right, what we can ever ask or imagine. Well, if you go back into the original language, I remember when I was studying this for a Bible study years ago, if you go back into the original language, the words that Paul puts together there in the Greek um, that we read as immeasurably more or above and beyond, whatever we read, the original language, actually the words that are there, they actually say beyond, beyond, right? It's like a it's like a double. It is a double. It's a double word. It's It's beyond, beyond. And I remember teaching the Bible study and saying, you know, it's beyond what you can imagine, and then it's beyond even beyond that. that, right? So how can we even how can we even conceptualize something that is beyond beyond, right? We can't get it, and that's the beauty of how God works in our lives. But I was thinking recently about the fact that He says beyond beyond, right? And then you see other places in the Bible where Jesus says verily verily, and I write emails to people and I say I am really really excited about this, you know, or that was so, so great. Anytime I started to do a Google search, why do we repeat words, right? And what I saw is that when people in writing repeat words, it's actually to put greater emphasis or give a a double impact on something. And so I went, oh my goodness, God gave me the name mom, 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 like not one mom, Laura, all your life, right, from the time you realized you were going to get married and probably before, you wanted to be a mom. But he had more. More. 
It's that beyond, beyond. He's not just giving you the word once. He's given it to you twice. Now, you got to work really hard and make sure this little girl calls you that. You know, oh. sometimes kids come up with a new name for you. You're like, no, sit down. We're going to talk about this. Oh, if she comes up with something else, we can call me. Like if it's, I don't know, Grammy or whatever, it can be Mom, I'm Grammy. Right. My mom is going to be in there. We're going to get it in so, there. That's right. That's right. Here, I'll so, give you some candy. Make sure you call me Mom. mom. <laughs> I'll do that too. But isn't it just <laughs> exceptional that God would want to impact or impress on my heart that all that time ago you wanted to be mom? Laura, I'm giving you in this unexpected story because there's not one part of my journey that has been expected for a very long time. No. I am giving you in this very unexpected journey the blessing of taking that name that you longed for. And there is going to be a little girl very, very soon who is going to look at you and she is going to say that name twice. Twice. She's going to say, mom, mom. And think about the impact that's going to have on my heart. Man, when I hear somebody, the first time that little girl says, mom, mom, we're doing a podcast because (laughs) it's going to be on the podcast. (laughs) I hope so. That it blows my mind that God loves us so much that he would take what I wanted one of and give me two, right? He took what was a blessing and he multiplied the blessing. It blows my mind. When I think about things like that, you know, and how God answers prayer, how he takes us from one and makes it two, my journey, I have gotten beyond where I thought God was going to take me, right? I have gotten to the promise and then he has given me more. But what I've learned, and maybe kind of like what I was talking about with being pregnant or did I want to be a mom, is that, honestly, Debbie, I can't think of one situation in my life where I've gotten to the promise that God had for me, but the road looked like I thought it was going to look. Maybe there's one. I can't even think of one. Most of them have been um, laced with tears. Most of them have had some uh, season of heartbreak along with them. Most of them have dealt with transition and, and been painful. But at 50 years old today, I see things very differently than I did at 40. And I know you do too. And at 40, I saw things very differently than I did at 30. And we can go right back down. Right at 30, I, I, I see what I, the decisions I made at 20. And I think, what was I thinking, right? right. There is... And, in this place that I am right now, if somebody who's 60 wants to give me advice on how to be a grandmother or how be to... all years. Uh, yeah, tell me, please. Like, if you've gone before me, I want to know. So there's this, um, there's this respect for someone who's gone before. There's this respect for somebody who knows more than I do. And I've yielded every single desire that I can think of at this moment, and there may be more. I have yielded them all to the authority of the one who knows more, who has gone before and has the road marked out for me to get to where I need to be. It's it's surrendering that I know what's going on and trusting that he does and walking on that road. Um, I, I would not have written my story any differently. Even the pain of those four years um, every single one has brought me to the place where I'm supposed to be. He has answered my prayers. He has answered my prayers over and over again, not the way that I thought he was going to, but in a way that is truly um, a testimony that I can speak out saying only the goodness of God could get me to where I am today. If you remember back in the first pilot episode, uh, the podcast that we did, we in- 
we really stress that the more that God has mm-hmm. for us is Jesus. Amen. Right. It's not the more things we can accomplish or Amen. the more names that we get to put. That's right. You know, tagged along with our name. That's the right. The more is Jesus. And and gosh, when we think about our stories, both your story from today and the transitions with all the heartache that went in each see you know, each mm-hmm. transition had a lot of tissue boxes that we used up. Yes. Every time we transitioned, we came out closer more intimate with our Heavenly Father because we were desperate. Amen. You know, we were crying out for His presence, for His wisdom, His understanding, His comfort, you know, His direction. And so when you look back on the story that He wrote, the chapters that He wrote, you are enjoying a season of more. But really, it's not just more with the baby. Mm -hmm. It's the more Mm -hmm. of Him. That's right. And, And really, He got your full attention by allowing you go to the place where you were most stretched Yes. Most out of the control seat, you yes. know, letting him be Lord of the decisions you had to make. That's an important thing to transition well. You have one chance to transition That's right. well. That's and right. the way to transition well is to let him lead. That's right. Let him Absolutely. do it his way. Absolutely. So as we as we start thinking about wrapping up, Laura, I've got a question for you. There are women who are listening to this podcast who they connect with that a cry to be a mom. Mm-hmm. There are also people who are listening who have their own promise that they've been mm-hmm. holding on to that they have not seen mm-hmm. the answers to yet. How would you sum up? What were some takeaways that you would say, hey, if you're going to remember anything, mm-hmm. remember these things? Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing I would say is that we need to let go of our expectations on how our journey is going to go, mm-hmm. right? Similar to what you said, we are not the ones who hold the pen. And when we try to hold the pen, we will just end up frustrated. We will frustrate our marriages. We will frustrate um, our families. We will we will be frustrated ourselves. So surrendering our expectations is really, it was that pivotal moment. That, that's mm-hmm. the first thing I, I believe, especially in infertility. Um, surrendering our expectations on how the path is supposed to go and then broadening really goes along with that our scope of other ways that God may be moving in our Mm -hmm. story you Mm -hmm. know not being so um, Mm single-minded so I think surrendering our expectations of how we think our story is supposed to go um, that's that's number one second thing I would say is uh, listen to God's word and not the words of others when I was in those deep, sad places for all of those years, uh, there were two places that I ran, right? I would run to my Bible and my journal every morning. And while I would cry as I was writing in my journal, when I soaked in the word of God, there was healing in the Psalms. There were promises in the Psalms. It built my faith, right? What God said continued to point toward what he said in the past. What he says always lines up with it itself, mm-hmm. right? He can't go off. So aligning myself with God's word was key. The, the other place that I would go in my struggle, it would be to other people. And while other people, you know, certainly, you know, I appreciate you as a friend, like we need friends in these hard times, right? But going on other people's stories or how it happened to them, it's very easy, especially in fertility, to say, well, this woman was struggling with infertility and she did that and she and got it pregnant. worked. Yeah. Yes. So then automatically you try to figure out, well, what is that? Or she saw that doctor. So then you sign up with that doctor. 
I find when we stick with God's word in times like this, especially with infertility, we're going to stay grounded and we're going to stay standing, right? Mm -hmm. If we try to chase the words that everybody else is saying or how they did or what their stories went like or how they're trying to speak into you, we're going to, we just grasp. And, And when we're just grasping for something, man, we're unstable and we're going to fall over because we're not holding on to anything firm. So even even encouragement that comes from other people, it all has to be weighed against the word of God, you know? Well-meaning people are going to say well-meaning things. And I, I try to guard my tongue now when I'm speaking to people who are going through even some of the same struggles that I've went through because I know how it feels when a word, even an encouraging word, is spoken at the wrong time. And we don't always know when the right time is. So I really guard my tongue and try to go with uh, the conversation as they're leading. So that'll be the second thing. Third thing is uh, don't compare your story to anybody else's story, right? Your story is your story. And let's face it, this is is it for every situation in life, every transition that we find ourselves in, every part of our story, our marriages, everything. But especially in infertility, don't judge your story by somebody else's story. Don't compare. You know, comparison is the biggest joy thief, Mm -hmm. right? We celebrate with other people, but we don't try to role model our lives after them. We don't try to raise our kids like they have to raise their kids. We don't try to dress them in the same clothes. And we certainly don't want our story of starting a family and how God is forming that to be bound to what he did in somebody else's life. You know, it's almost like we just have to take our eyes off of other people back to the word of God. Like comparison cannot be allowed at this time. It just brings us down. You know, I think sharing your stories with each other is the goal is to encourage faith. Amen. Amen. Right? And to pray for each other to keep your but you gotta keep your eyes on him first. He's the Amen. He's your hope. Amen. Right? Their story is not your hope. Their doctor Amen. is not your hope. Amen. He is your hope and he has the whole picture. He's not intimidated by the impossible that's in that's front right. of you. That's right. right? That's he right. he has the final say. That's right. And so it's good. It's still good to lean on your friends. Yes. But stand yes. on him. Absolutely. And There's there a were difference certain, there. There were certain women that I definitely had as confidants in that time. And they, I knew that I could just go to them and cry. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was what I needed. I, yeah. That was what I needed. And then the last thing that I would say is um, enjoy the time where you are in. Enjoy mm-hmm. the season that you're in. Um, don't waste your waiting time. And I look back on those four years. Um, at that time, I was a flight attendant. And I flew with my husband was the captain on the plane. And I was the flight attendant on the plane. And it was a private plane. And so it was just us and, and another great friend who was the other captain. And we flew all over the world, Debbie. All over the world, right? You couldn't have done that as easily. I couldn't have done it as easily. <laughs> but I could have done it a whole lot more joyfully. Mm-hmm. Because... Even though I was being um, dined at the finest restaurants and parasailing over the Mediterranean and staying in luxurious hotels, all as part of this job, right? It was all part of the job. Um, it was it was this gift that was being given to me. But especially once I found out that my baby was in Russia, if I was in Germany, I would be looking. How far away am I? <laughs> How far is how far is uh, Moscow from you know Dinkeldorf or whatever it was? Where are all these different places? And it just it was it became a thing where I couldn't focus on the now, I could only focus on the future, and I wasted a lot of waiting time. I looked at today, and right, the air, airlines are not flying. We can't go international. We don't know what travel is going to look like in the near future. 
And that even brings us all back up to me again. What a gift it was then. To you be know? able to be free to travel yes. like you did. Yeah, and not as, yeah. I didn't really appreciate it. So whatever your situation is today, if you are walking a difficult road, if you are in a waiting season, as hard as it is, look at where you are and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to waste this time of waiting. I'm going to focus on you, and I'm going to enjoy what you have for me in this season. Uh, don't waste it, because it's a season you're never going to get back again, right? Once once that baby does come, however it comes, it, you're never going to get that, that quiet time back again. What a profound teaching for someone who's waiting to be married. Mm-hmm. Yes. Waiting yes. for that career door to open. Yes. You know, just, just waiting for um, dreams. You know, I've always had this dream to to switch out of this career and pursue something else. And, and especially right now when you're being told where you can and cannot go. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, honestly, we're just waiting for the hairdresser to open. Yes. <laughs> you know, like a year ago, we would have thought that was a rather obscene thing to yes, think we were yes. waiting for. So what a, what a powerful word. I'm sure this has really brought encouragement to many hearts uh, while you're listening. So very seriously, if you know somebody specifically struggling with waiting for a baby through whether it's adoption or it's infertility, somebody who's waiting to be married, waiting for a dream that they've been promised something mm-hmm. by God, and it just feels like it's dragging on a long time, share the podcast with them. Uh, we don't walk through anything in our lives just for us. Mm-hmm. You know, what he allows you to walk through becomes your story and somebody needs to hear a piece of it amen right as long as it directs them back to the author of their story yes it's time to share it so Laura thank you so much for being very transparent I'm sure there's a lot of people that have known you a long time and did not know this part of your of your journey so thanks for being transparent we thank you for ladies and gentlemen for joining us today on beyond the building podcast next week when you come back Um, It's my turn to talk about the journey that I walked through, a transition from not knowing who I was uh, to really discovering my identity and my purpose Mm -hmm. in Christ. And so if you know somebody who is really struggling with answering two questions, who am I and what is my purpose, tune in next week, um, next Monday, that, that podcast will be for you. So we thank you, everybody, for joining us. God bless you. Until next time. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that He has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.